welcome to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the queer James Bond podcast. I'm Shane Holland. And I'm Andrew Wheeler. And on this episode, we examine one of the strangest, chaotic, campy, and surprisingly fun Bond-adjacent <laughs> films yet, O.K. Connery from 1967. I had never heard of it, and now I will never forget it. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, there's so much to discuss. I just need to know, have you been up to anything very Connery-ish this week? <laughs> I mean, uh, oof, I guess we did eat a haggis. Uh, was that? Oh, yeah. That kind of counts. <laughs> very Scottish. the last time we recorded? I think it probably was. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's pretty connery So much has happened. <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened. We, we recorded the last episode earlier, and we're recording this one pretty much right late like, up to the line <laughs> yeah. so, so it feels like it's been a month since we spoke even though it has not spoiler uh, alert it took me like a day to watch this film uh, like if you oh yeah whatever keep going yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yes connery is things well i just i spent basically a day watching the u.s version of the traitors i won't say i won't give anything away because don't I say a word i am as that well. is probably what i'm gonna do tonight over dinner <laughs> Um, I would say it, it compares well. I would say I still prefer the UK version overall. Um, it's a Neil a, Connery to a compared to Sean Connery. <laughs> maybe like it's it has Alan Cumming in the Claudia Winkleman role, and we do love Alan. He is uh, oh, yes. a member of the family in in both the the queer and the Bond sense. <laughs> um, yes, and uh, he looks fabulous, and he's doing his full Shakespearean nonsense all the way through, um, giving one hundred and ten percent. I hope one hundred and ten percent. The fact that they like must have filmed this in the UK one back to back in the same location using all the same challenges means that, <laughs> that it feels like a bit of a, a retread uh, you know it's yeah. like it, it's clearly it's meant for a different audience so they're just doing exactly the same things again um, mm-hmm. but it, it's still got a lot of fun intrigue some really good characters of course a lot of these people are real uh, like reality TV stars in the US version versus everyone being a normie in the UK version oh interesting um, I did not know that oh yeah some of your survivor faves are in there oh, uh, some no, big brother that's people uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, it's like it's just like the challenge. That's right. That's right. But with there are some normies in there as well. It's like a fifty-fifty cast. Um, and okay, I I didn't know who was who honestly, except they would flash yeah. it on the screen when they were doing a confessional. So, um, but yes, that's on Peacock in the US and and hard to find everywhere else. Um, mm. The other Connery-ish, Bondy-ish thing that I wanted to flag um, is that oh. they've announced this cast for the next Guy Ritchie movie. Um, which is going to be of interest to to us and to our audience, perhaps. It's called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, based on a book by historian Damien Lewis, not to be confused with actor Damien Lewis, Mm -hmm. which is about the founding of Winston Churchill's Special Operations Executive, um, which was basically the first black ops unit. Um, that so sounds exciting. It's going to be, yeah, I'm curious to know how Richie will approach it, because Guy Ritchie doesn't tend to do straight history, so it might be a mm. bit uh, eccentric, um, unusual, uh, to say, unconventional. Yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> cast is is basically the hunkiest cast. It's um, Henry Cavill is the lead, Richie and Cavill oh reunited, um, but also... And it feels so good. So good. Henry Golding, the other handsome Henry... <gasps> Uh, Alan no. Richson, who plays Reacher. No! Um, oh, we love Alan Richson. Honestly, it's just like this big strapping lads movie. Um, also, Alex Pettifer, Kerry Elwes. Um, oh, my God. Hero, oh, my God. Hero finds Tiffin of the Fines family, Rafe Fines' 
son or nephew or something. Oh, a nepo baby. Interesting. A nepo baby or a nepo nephew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nepo Babs Alison Mukun, who uh, I think you would know from Dune and Star Trek: Strange mm. New Worlds. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, it's a it's a really impressive cast. Henry Zaga, who I don't think many people know, but he's also very beautiful. And Asa Gonzalez, because there has to be a woman somewhere in the cast. Um, right. Right. Even though it's a movie about you know soldiers so so i don't know how much the women will get to do in this one um fleming well was... andrew it's the it's the 40s right they need a secretary <laughs> that's right that's right um and fleming i think was involved historically in the special operations executive so i don't know if that means he'll be a character in the movie i feel like guy Ritchie would not resist putting him in um so maybe this is henry cavill playing ian fleming who knows we cannot uh, dream <laughs> <laughs> well i mean fleming would like swoon at the thought of being dreamcast <laughs> like that honestly <laughs> wouldn't we all i would love to have a yeah. devil inhabit me um what oh, about you yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the conneriest thing you've done this week uh you know i was very lucky to have been invited to a lunar new year party that was uh mid-january uh this uh past month um and i have to say it was one of the most exciting interesting parties i've been in uh, been to in Toronto. Uh, it was hosted by New Ho Queen. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. They're this wonderful collective of uh, Asian Canadians, uh, like Pan-Asian Canadians, uh, and they throw these massive parties that are super popular. I will say I walked in there and I felt about 20 years older than most <laughs> of the uh, attendees, uh, but the music was banging, the looks were served, uh, the drinks were flowing, uh, the vibe was amazing, uh, and I just wanted to shout out some of the artists who uh, were absolutely mesmerizing. Uh, Prism, uh, you can find them at prixm.official on Instagram. They are this dance collective, and they had us spellbound. I could not look away. They had so much life and energy, and they did these amazing, amazing moves with these giant smiles plastered across their face. It was just <laughs> beautiful. We were crying. Um, I I also want to shout out Gaping Hole, a local drag queen who did an amazing performance, as well as Kimora Koi, Century Peg. Oh my god, Century Peg lived up to their name. Uh, and Mango Lassie. Uh, these are all artists you can find on Instagram. Oh, and Milk Shook Queen. Oh my god, all of them were really fantastic. Uh, and I think that... Uh, New Ho Queen is a party I will be attending again. One of the cool things is that uh, for uh, people of color, uh, the tickets are uh, discounted uh, and they ask that allies pay full price tickets, which I think is great uh, mm -hmm. to just to, you know, it's uh, it's our community's way of reparations for all of the wrongs <laughs> that we've you know committed <laughs> against each other in the past. And I'm here for that. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Yeah, it really was. For every episode of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we recommend a cocktail that matches the theme of the episode, or maybe it just matches our mood, and this week it's Andrew's turn to pick. So Andrew, what have you got for us? The right cocktail for a derivative Bond pastiche had to be a martini derivation, and uh, we've already mm -hmm. covered quite a few of those on Kiss Kiss <laughs> yes. Bang Bang, but it is a very deep well, and I think I found one that perfectly matches this very special occasion. It is oh. dated, it is kind of stupid it definitely shouldn't work and i'm still not sure that it does work uh, <laughs> the 20th century is in very loose terms a vespa made with creme de cacao instead of vodka oh creme de God. cacao the neil connery of liquor um 
It is one and a half ounces of gin, half an ounce of white creme de cacao, three quarters of an ounce of dry vermouth, quina lilit, as in a Vespa, uh, the original mm. recipe calls for quina lilit. Kina Lilit or Kina Lile, I never know which is correct. Um, and of course, that doesn't exist anymore, but I do still have some uh, of my homemade Kina Lilit in the uh, fridge. So I did use that the second time I made one of these. I did this twice. Uh, and mm. three quarters of an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. So yeah, gin, creme de cacao, vermouth, lemon juice. And uh, that if that sounds like a weird combination of you know yeah. chocolate and lemon juice and vermouth and gin. Floral, yeah. Yeah, mm. it is a weird combination. It is on first taste. It is shocking. It is chocolatey, but the main note that comes through is is sourness. It like chocolate can be sour, and this really brings that forward. Um, when you adjust your expectations, the sweetness comes through a bit, but it's like drinking a plastic wrapped cake from a gas station. You know, sometimes Ooh. sometimes that's what you want, but mm-hmm. it's it's never uh, like high aspiration. Um, <laughs> the first version I made of this, I made with Dolin Driver Mood. Then I. I realized Kino was the correct um, thing, so I remade it, adjusted the, the proportions a little bit, um, and yeah, the, the added bitterness of the, the Kinkona in the Kino Lillet definitely helps, but I'm going to say don't go out of your way for this one, and really there's no way to make this without going out of your way, because no one has yeah. white creme de cacao <laughs> just sitting around generally, and Kino Lillet mm. you would have to either make your own or get some Koki Americano from somewhere or similar. Um, so yeah, an interesting experiment not necessarily re- worth uh, revisiting and that's the okay connery of cocktails ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i mean that makes perfect sense uh it sounds like something i would not order at a bar i've got to be honest mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. creme de cacao is never my go-to <laughs> uh and yeah it, it that sounds so odd fascinating and you're right dated literally 20th century yes. dated um <laughs> it sounds like something julia child would uh recommend drinking along with one of her you know disaster desserts <laughs> she would she would serve it in aspic uh, and it just yes stayed exactly <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad you tried it and i didn't have to thank you so much neil connery is too much That was a clip from the trailer for OK Connery, the 1967 Italian spy comedy, comedy, from director (laughs) Alberto Di Martino. Bon pastiche comedies were a whole industry in the 60s and 70s. And sidebar, I was introduced to the concept of carry-on spying the other night. And my God, (laughs) I I cannot, that looks like something I can't wait to dive into. (laughs) Long-term listeners of the podcast will know that we have in fact discussed You've mentioned it many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think we've ever watched the trailer. (laughs) Shane's like, why have you never told me about this? It's literally on tape, Shane. Yeah, and like, it's in our notes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, anyways, this one has the distinction of boasting an unusually strong connection to the original franchise. OK Connery stars several actors from the Bond franchi- franchise in familiar roles, including original M and Money Penny, Bernard Lee and Lois Maxwell, Thunderball villain Adolfo Celli from Russia with Love leading lady Daniela Bianchi, and unseen OG Blofeld Anthony Dawson. This movie also stars Sean Connery's brother, Neil, (laughs) as, Uh uh, uh, go on, Shane, as Dr. (laughs) Neil 
Connery, the brother of an unseen and unnamed British Secret Service agent. That, by the way, is about the, that's the comedy. That's that's the only thing that's funny, quote unquote, about this film. For that reason, O.K. Connery has the distinction of being the Bond Cashin that certainly went the extra mile. And by Cashin, I mean, these actors allegedly were paid more to do these films than they were to do the actual Bond film. So, I mean... mean, (laughs) One of my first questions, Andrew, why would they disrespect the franchise that made them who they are? Oh, the money. Of course, I would do. The money. Yeah, Yeah, I read the the same thing. Like, Lois Maxwell literally said she was paid more for this movie than for all the Bond movies that she had been in. And understandably, look how much she had to do. It was (laughs) so amazing. Honestly, it's like, she she earned it, and I support her choice 100%. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh God! Uh, let's get right into it. I have so many notes, and it is a long <laughs> one for an hour and forty minutes. The film opens with scenes of a yacht crewed by women off the coast of Monaco. A singer named simply Christy performs the movie theme composed by Bruno Nicolai and Ennio Morricone. And and we're in with our first shocker here that Ennio Morricone is the is the 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 composer of this movie Ennio Morricone who is known to most people uh, as the spaghetti western like genius you know the do all of that stuff um, yeah like he's one of the greats of, of film composers of all time and he, he is slumming it in a in a third rate spy comedy um, yeah good I mean him. the <laughs> the music was a positive for honestly me. the I've music was say, pretty good it, yeah it, it started to get a little repetitive towards the end where it's like oh oh they didn't uh, come up with more than five songs but yeah. it, like those five songs were bangers <laughs> um, the first thing we see on screen is that this is produced by Latitanus or Latitanus Latitanus or... yeah <laughs> I thought well this is a good start uh, yep already the, the innuendo is flying I got I loved this campy as fuck song. It was so <laughs> dumb, but I loved it. It's a bon pastiche and it's very on the nose yep. and it's very like yeah, it, it, it's junk, but it's fun. As now, which will become a recurring theme for this film. Yes. Yeah. Um one of my first notes I I'm glad to report I can strike off the list. I said it doesn't bode well that this Connery is simply named okay. And you know maybe the, maybe the Connery himself is just okay, but the movie is far more than okay. <laughs> the the movie is extraordinary, honestly. Um <laughs> starting with these hot sailors wearing like Donald Duck hat poofs <laughs> on their sailor out like traditional sailor outfits. Uh it's maybe something I need in my wardrobe. Honestly, it, it, we're immediately in that weird place where sexism edges towards a kind of accidental feminism because yeah. women can do anything and be anything in this world so long as they're hot sluts. So it's yeah, like yeah. An, an entire yacht crewed by women and it's like, well, that's kind of feminist. I mean, that's kind yeah. of great. <laughs> and <laughs> not, for the and not just... They're not just crewma- crewmates, they are, like, assassins. An- yeah. Incredible fighters, all of them. They're, they're operating an entire, like, criminal organization. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, so good. The owner of the yacht, a man named Thayer, sends a remote control car to collide with a small plane piloted by British agent Ward Jones as it lands on the runway. Fellow agent Ms. Maxwell watches in horror as the plane explodes. 
Now, audience, take a guess who Ms. <laughs> Maxwell might be played by. You'll be surprised. It's Ooh. Lois Maxwell. <laughs> I was going to say Bernard Lee. Um. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, thought went into the naming of these characters. Honestly, yes. Maxwell, Connery. Uh, it's brilliant. Brilliantly thought yeah. out. Uh, so Adolfo Celli plays Thayer, and uh, the this scene opens with him getting a massage by a beautiful woman while he watches a movie projected onto another <laughs> woman's naked back, which is the only way I watch movies. How about you? Oh, absolutely. Love it. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I order Just Eats and then ask the delivery person to just, you know, lay there. Bend for over. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you can't tell me that Adolfo Celli isn't daddy. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still. He's still not really my cup of uh, limoncello. Uh, but, uh, mm. but, but I, I concede. You know, I, I get the appeal. Um, and certainly, this movie is a treat for the Adolfo Celli fans out there. Like he, he gets. I'm pretty to do sure more. that's why you picked this movie for me. Yeah, <laughs> he does more. He gets to wear better, like more fun outfits. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets to be this sort of laconic playboy character that's a lot more exciting actually than than lago is um, yeah he somehow gets to do more while doing less actually yes, yeah <laughs> and he has this yeah this this full crew of of villainous hench ladies um all wearing these incredible like yellow striped crop tops and things oh and my god that's fashion so decor, beyond it's all great um the yeah. music that's playing the the Morricone music just close enough to bond to make you think of bond without actually being bond like in this yeah. scene especially yeah. it's like da 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 you know it's like it's like almost the inverse <laughs> just, of the just bond edging theme. you yeah. with bond themes yeah. <laughs> Really trying to make you draw that connection. Uh, it does it pretty well. I don't. I don't know. But maybe it's just the casting of it all. But and then Lois Maxwell here getting to leave the oh house. Oh my god! Getting to wear outfits look gorgeous. Her makeup is beautiful. Her green beret and matching silk scarf are beautiful. She is like she's vibrant straight away, and it's like we we never ever used her as well as we could have. It feels like no, and like cut to about three quarters of the way through the film but she gets some incredible action scenes in this movie mm-hmm. that just made me so upset about the eon franchise yeah like, she eventually how- disappears completely as well from this movie though so it's not perfect but- well yeah not perfect oh yeah that's also one of my notes <laughs> what happened to <laughs> lois maxwell uh <laughs> uh yeah uh so a figure in a heatproof suit recovers a metal box from the wreckage and flees in a sports car. Uh, she is Thayer's agent, a woman named Maya, played by the gorgeous, oh my god, Daniela Bianchi. I mean, for God's sake, this is another woman who, she was totally go on girl, give us nothing in, in From Russia With Love, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. And here she is alive! She is electric. She's gorgeous. She's wearing this orange mini dress and go-go boots. Her hair is radiant and bouncy. Uh, She slips on this tiger stripe sleeveless coat. And I'm like, oh, I think I love this. I think I love this movie. Like, I think I love this movie too. Yeah. The fat, like the flat fashion, a little blinding, but still fab. Uh, (laughs) 
and that rap, it was like a uh, drag race reveal in reverse, but in the best way possible. It was yes. like Selena Estiddy's taking off that uh, mattress overcoat to reveal uh, something better underneath. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly, someone could come onto the drag race uh, main stage in a heat proof suit. In any and, of these. Uh, uh, and then unveil to the, the, the go-go dress. And then, yeah, it's, it is I, amazing. It. It's beautiful. We have no dialogue in this movie until 10 no, minutes. No, 10 minutes. I counted (laughs) like 1030. We finally get people talking to each other and it is all like voice actors. Actually, like all of it is uh, pre-recorded, post-recorded, I should say. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I assume Lois Maxwell did her own ADR at some point. It, s- it sounded Lee like the Lois did. Maxwell, and it yeah, sounded yeah. like the Bernard Lee we'd recognized. Yes, uh, um, but, but that's a lot it. of people adopt a lot of people, including Neil Connery. Who? who uh, shall we get uh, to well, him? Let's get to him, please. <laughs> so Maya attends a talk by plastic surgeon Neil Connery explaining a new process combining surgery with hypnosis. So goons attempt to abduct Miss Yashuko, the woman the Dr. Connery has hypnotized. Connery uses a hypnotic technique to kill one of the attackers and Ms. Maxwell Question mark. rescues Yashuko. I am so confused. Are you saying the surgeon and the actor's names are both Neil Connery? That, yes. that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so Sean Connery's actual brother, Neil Connery, in this movie plays Neil Connery, Neil Connery. who is a doctor and the brother of a secret agent who is never named. Uh, the real Neil Connery was not a doctor, was not a hypnotist, was not a surgeon. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> or an actor. <laughs> or uh, an actor. Yeah, I think he was like a tradesman or something. Um, sounds about right. I'm sure I'm sure whatever he did was, was great. Um, a milkman, I'm sure. Um, I think, oh, he was a plasterer. He was a plasterer. I think Sean Connery worked <laughs> as a milkman for a period, so. No, don't. <laughs> I think so. I think that's right. But he was wow. also like, he also was worked in a funeral home, like putting coffins mm, he did everything and he, he was a, a boxer a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i will yeah. say he's not not hot but i don't like the fake beard uh goatee thing that he has going on yeah it's not I, it's not great um but yeah so he is he's kind of uncanny valley sean connery like he does oh, look very much so handsome but like so much like sean that it's like a little a little disconcerting Off, but yeah. right and weird mm. uh yeah uh a very interesting performance. Dead behind the eyes, I wrote at one point. <laughs> yes, he does not have the thing that Sean Connery has that makes Sean Connery a star. It's safe to say yeah. that Neil Connery was like offered a big fat check to make this movie and was like, okay. And then I think almost never acted again, acted very little hereafter. And it I wonder like- if Sean ever spoke to him again for doing this. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, Sean might have said, uh, you know, I can give you money if, if you need it, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> how ba- how bad this. are you, Neil? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yes, God. Neil Connery is also dubbed, allegedly for technical reasons, like something happened to the master or something. Yeah, um, yeah right. Not because he was very Scottish and not a good actor. Oh, no, though that was not the reason. <laughs> no, no, that can't be the reason at all. But they, they couldn't find someone who sounded... Like he might be, I don't know, just generally British from anywhere in the aisles. Uh, I mean, not like uh, that was a choice, a very interesting choice. Where would you ever find anyone who thinks they can do a Sean Connery impersonation? I mean, I mean, a, a, di- a, a, a dime a dozen. I don't know. Um, 
we get this chaotic fight sequence, and I will say it's the first of many chaotic fight sequences. Yes, yes. The the fight choreography is kind of like throwing a, a, a mouse into a room full of cats in this, this movie. It's just everyone's doing everything all at the same time. Um, oh, and so many, like, loud comical punches and... But but everyone's just punching everyone. There isn't a lot of, of anything else to do but punch each other. Very funny to to watch. Was uh, there a very tall woman with red hair in there who never shows up again? Who was like one of the goons, uh, or did I hallucinate that? Because I saw. I I know what you're talking about, but I thought she was that. No, maybe she doesn't show up again. Uh, for I was gonna say, wasn't that Maya? But no, no. she's just dressed kind of similarly. I, I yeah. yeah, very strange. And maybe busy... maybe they cut one scene from this film, just the one. Right. Yeah, I wanted I wanted this woman with red hair to to come back, and she never did. Um, we learn that one of Neil Connery's special talents is lip reading. Sorry, the character Neil Connery, Doctor Connery. I don't know how we. <laughs> yes, be more specific, please. <laughs> so, Doctor Connery. From is, now on, is... we can just assume they're one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. His, one of his special skills is lip reading. Um, he even manages to read a guy's lips across the room when the guy is facing away from turned him. Turned around. So from him, yeah. He's pretty Amazing. good at it. He's and really yes, good. <laughs> this will come back later apparently this is foreshadowing uh amazing <laughs> there's a lot of foreshadowing actually it's really well <laughs> set up uh, <laughs> he hypnotizes that guy to death but still punches him in the face for some reason <laughs> i mean death by hypnosis is an amazing idea like five stars yeah um yeah totally it's a, that that was fresh that was fresh <laughs> this is when i was like okay is this movie like really smart satire or just complete nonsense i honestly cannot tell which is which i wrote i said i don't think this is a spoof or even a comedy (laughs) at this point like there were no jokes truly the jokes were just the like the it was like i said earlier just the casting was the only joke i could find everything else is super seriously a spy movie yeah i mean not a not a good spy movie to be clear but it is you know the same setup we would expect from a movie of this time yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, I mean, the spirit of it is not taking itself seriously, I would say. That. Right. I guess that's true. Maybe it just ha- has aged into something that has become less funny over time. Go figure. <laughs> right, possibly. Uh, <laughs> Thayer encounters Commander Cunningham of the Secret Service at an art auction. Thayer bids aggressively for a statue, but is outbid by a stranger. Meanwhile, Maya and another assassin disguised as nuns successfully abduct Yachiko from a hospital. So we have M as M in this sequence. Yep. We also have Anthony Dawson, the original Blofeld, as the stranger at the auction. Um, a weird sequence that I've included in the plot summary because it's sort of important, but also kind of nothing is. Kind of not. Like, nothing <laughs> is. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, the dubbing in this whole section is so intense that I was starting to think I was watching an anime. It was like... I, it, it, was this possibly originally in Italian? Was everyone speaking Italian and it was dubbed? I, I suspect oh, some people were talking Italian. I suspect people who spoke Italian were speaking Italian. Did, did no one bother to try learning the English dialogue, knowing it would be dubbed was my other question. Uh, <laughs> because, yes, it was so off. I had to, like, I stopped and refreshed the YouTube link while watching this movie just to make sure <laughs> that the audio and video hadn't completely unsynced. But no, no, it, it was not a problem with uh, the upload. It was all there in the beginning. Oh, boy, it's so bad. In and amongst this uh, this series of, of events in the movie, uh, M 
uh, I think it's Emmond and Moneypenny, sorry, not Emma Moneypenny, Commander Cunningham and Ms. Maxwell. Maxwell, yes. Bring Neil Connery in for a a consult, essentially. Um, Yes. Where they're talking about, oh, he's the brother of our top agent. You can see the resemblance and all of this nonsense about how yeah so i think we can trust you uh sure okay yeah that's how it works. i i trust the family of every secret service man <laughs> but the real mvp of this the this sequence is the nun with the gun knife and the zipline cannon um knife old... gun nun i am here <laughs> for it this murderous mean old woman who has no lines and uh, maybe is a nun who knows like she she could be all kinds of things she's just she's isn't got... that the character lada yes it is it is, it is. okay okay <laughs> yeah we, we later learn that she's an assassin but that doesn't preclude her from being a nun i mean right I, right i went to catholic school like trust me uh, <laughs> um yeah this is a great character and uh and yeah no surprise that she is named as lottie later because she is very clearly a riff on rosa Klebb. Yes, of course. Um, I loved that Yachiko wakes up from the smell of gas only to pass out from the smell of gas. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> Oops. Cunningham and Maxwell blackmail Connery into helping them. He explains that the murdered British agent used hypnosis to implant secret information in Yashuko's subconscious. The woman who abducted Yashuko is identified as Lottie Kleindorf, an agent of the terrorist organization Thanatos. Oh my god, what a name. <laughs> um, uh, so much hypnosis in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get great picture quality from this really cool pocket pinhole camera. Uh, right, that, that's just uh, taking uh, this, pictures all the time of anyone that approaches this guy, this this security guy. This British basically. agent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. But fun gadget, uh, which obviously is gets ripped on uh in what is it the man with the golden gun oh right yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah the pocket camera great Lois maxwell getting to be efficient and do things great the butch non-assassin great and the name thanatos yeah like oh that is actually better great. than spectre yeah <laughs> yeah i just wrote thanatos it's uh, the way they say it deliver it it felt really good and it was so odd but fun to see m and money peeled in the field Sorry, money penny in the field <laughs> like this. Uh, something that they waited, you know, another 40 years to do in the Bond right. franchise. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Um, I will say Thea is a bad name. Like, Thanatos is great. Mm. A lot of the other names are just the names of the actors. But Thea Why is Thayer? such a yeah. bad name for the villain. Like, they could have done much better than that. Definitely does not look like a Thayer at all. No, no, no. Uh, Thayer attends a Thanatos meeting (laughs) chaired by a man named Alpha. Alpha orders Thayer to secure an atomic nucleus to fuel a new doomsday weapon. (laughs) I could have tried to follow the plot more closely at this point, but I didn't think it was worth it. Um... Not necessary. Not necessary. I will say (laughs) Operation Blackmail inspired. Love it. I love that. Honestly, like Spectre's thriving extortion business has nothing on Operation Blackmail. (laughs) Blackmail, such a <laughs> such a great simple name. I hope um, that there's a. Uh, I hope that it's Operation Colon Blackmail uh, <laughs> on all of the official documentation. Right. And what does this do? Oh, it's mostly murder. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. No blackmail, actually. <laughs> Surprising. So Alpha here is the Anthony Dawson slash Blofeld role. Um, so this is why we have that earlier scene with with Alpha outbidding 
Thea at an auction, which is basically setting up that these two people do not like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anthony Dawson is so stiff, and uh, I don't know what yeah. was wrong with the guy. Like, he is so not trying in this movie. And I guess I guess I get it. Um, <laughs> he's he's given right. us none of what he gave us in Doctor No, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, it, if he feels like a, a general in the background of a Star Wars film. Um, there's some really heavy-handed music cues, like this plunky bass coming in at the sight of the gun. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I couldn't tell you what the hell this movie is about at this point. I, I had lost the thread so early on, <laughs> so hard, that I found it hard to pick up the the pieces and i think this might have been break number one of a few hours (laughs) like i just needed to like let my brain recover a little you know i actually did watch this one twice shane so oh my i'm so sorry um i liked it i i gotta say i liked it but it, it was just it was a lot it is a lot it is a lot um there there is a very weird moment here where like they do the classic thing where like someone has double crossed uh the head of the secret organization mm-hmm. and so therefore they have to die but in this one the guy is like he he basically attempts a, a coup and fails and then sits down yep. and drinks a glass of poisoned water and it's like did he know it was poisoned water was he like oh well i guess i'd better drink the poison now, water uh, now. yeah like, what was happening here it was very weirdly staged very uh yeah what an odd thought well well i guess i failed to kill you so i (laughs) I, i'll just quietly take my seat and make myself small and maybe everyone will forget it right Uh, (laughs) either he sat down and had a glass of water after failing to kill his boss or he sat down and or he took took a poison pill yeah (laughs) it's like either way weird uh outcomes (laughs) uh very weird outcomes Dr. Connery and Thayer cross paths at an archery event. Thayer assigns his girlfriend, Mildred, to flirt with Connery, <laughs> though Connery also flirts with Maya. Uh, Mildred and Maya. Uh, um, what kind of a name is Mildred for uh, a Connery For a beautiful, woman, beautiful woman. Yeah, very interesting choice. Uh, he. The scene opens and Connery's wearing, like, full Highland uh, kilt uh, yeah. regalia, and we get it. He's Scottish, except for the <laughs> accent. I mean, he looks great in that Highland regalia. Uh, it's yeah, he really look. does. Thea also looks great here. He's wearing a cute little scarf. Very into yes. it. Yes. Um, classic Bond Mildred. Stuff, sporting uh, oh, my God. Paths. <laughs> Mildred comes in wearing this yellow mini dress with this black bow and this space age hairstyle, like yes. just ruining everyone around her. These loops in her hair or loops of hair, I suppose. Yeah. And so then beautiful. Some, some good flirting between Connery and and uh, Maya. Like I, I actually kind of Connery, like was... Connery and Maya, Connery and Maxwell, Connery yeah. and Mildred, all of Connery and the M's. And it's like it's kind of witty. It's even footed. Mm. Like they're both both participants are getting to flirt and and be be active, and that's kind of oh unusual. <laughs> Uh, yeah i welcome i would say not like that's the way it should go yeah it's hey this is better uh when when it's like this weird that wow hmm it's it's almost like italian cinematographers uh treated women with more respect than (laughs) young productions i mean no uh (laughs) no uh, the music playing while Em and Connery are talking reminded me of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, I just needed to pop, pop <laughs> that note in there. 
I don't know it, but I'm sure it'll resonate with uh, with some of our listeners. T- two of our <laughs> listeners, great. Connery flies to Spain on the tra- on the trail of Yashiko. He immediately runs into Mildred again. He finds Yashiko murdered, but realizes she is a double intended to deceive the Secret Service. Uh. Connery encounters Mil- Mildred a third time. He hypnotizes <laughs> her to learn Yashiko's true whereabouts. So they get off uh, get out of the airport in spain and there's like just a concert happening yeah uh remember when traveling was fun (laughs) (laughs) this like pseudo beatles busker band that's just like there at the airport slash town square because it's they're the same thing (laughs) that was funny they're like they're playing this such a groovy beat it's so out of place and they're trying to have this very serious scene in front of it uh yeah it was kind of Kind of clumsy, but kind of fun. Speaking of um, clumsy, Mildred <laughs> always losing bits and pieces of her outfit. Yes, there's a running gag here where every time he runs into Mildred, she's looking for something down on the ground. Um, but also she's wearing a different fabulous outfit. Here she's literally yeah. in a flower bed wearing a dress made of flowers. Um, oh, gorgeous. It's amazing. Uh, how did she get to Spain before him when they both left from the same place, presumably at the same time? Very not good answered. question. Not Private even, flight. Not even raised as a as a, an odd thing. That's a red honestly. flag, yeah. <laughs> I was very upset that they gassed uh, Yachiko just to kill her, and then thankfully it's revealed, oh, oh, no, no, she was just a body double. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, imagine my shock later, we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of the way that we, we treat women in this uh, era and in these movies. Uh, Mildred uh, gets hypnotized here the third time that he runs into her. Oh She's wearing a pink and orange trouser suit slash dress. I couldn't quite tell what it was, but it was very groovy. Like, Mildred serves every time. Every time. Uh, and, of course, in this scene as well, she is, after she's just changed, we find her on the floor because she's dropped something. And, yes. oh my god, Mildred, get off the fucking floor. <laughs> Jesus. It is very weird, but kind of funny. I do wish that Connery would stop calling her his reward. Something very mm. creepy about that. Almost as creepy as hypnotizing women. I, I mean, it, it works strategically, I suppose. Um what was this thing with the agent? There's an agent who ditches his own wedding and then later ditches his own honeymoon. Like honeymoon. It's Juan, this, who's, again, not Spanish at all. Um, no. Well, the actor might be, uh, but the accent was not. Um, no, uh, yeah, right. Um, yes, Agent Juan seemed very happy, although very sure that his wife was going to, or his fiance was going to be furious with him for skipping the wedding. I feel like that actor must have been like known for something or something. Like this must be a reference we weren't getting. I'm sure a lot of this felt like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lotta Kreyendorf tortures the real Yachiko at her Spanish castle, trying to extract the information buried in her subconscious. Connery and Maxwell besieged the castle. Local agent Juan kills Kreyendorf, and Connery rescues Yachiko. So Lottie is, of course, a sinister lesbian character. You have to work with the material you're given, and mm-hmm. that's what they're doing here. Yep, we get the whole groping scene uh, while Yachiko is tied to the bed, being tortured by an episode of Star Trek The Original Series. Just lights, <laughs> co- primary colored lights flashing across her eyes, uh, a 
apparently bright enough to cause her to scream in pain. In the 60s, at some point, we discovered colored light filters, and we were like, okay, we're going to put it in every movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we get a return of the knife gun, uh, which was very exciting. We also get some incidental hotties here. These hench lads that she has oh, in these my red God. sweaters and blueberries. The beefcake, you mean. Oh, they my God. They are yoked, these boys. I mean, honestly. Yeah. They are so wide, so broad across the shoulders. Um, and such pretty faces. Oh, my yes. God. Yes, quite lovely. More of that, please. We get archery here used to blow up a gun turret. uh, Somehow. (laughs) Outdoing guns. Uh, We have to use the archery somewhere. I've played Fortnite. It's uh, it's possible. Uh, Lois Maxwell getting to fire a gun made me want so much more from the Bond franchise. And we also get flamethrowers. It was a really... This was, I think, the best fight in in the film. I mean, everyone's wearing dungarees. You know, we, we, yeah. we have a dungaree moment. Um, and yeah, Lois Maxwell just looked like she was having a really good time, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's fun to have a flamethrower or, or to run around in dungarees killing hunky uh, Italian men. Is this when she was shooting a gun that was covered in foliage? Uh, yes. In the bushes? <laughs> Amazing. Really great. Really great shot of her coming out from the bushes and the gun is just covered, draped in vines. <laughs> so Connery uses hypnosis to unlock Yashiko's repressed knowledge. He learns of Thanatos' plan to steal an atomic nucleus. Still don't know what that is. And Yashiko nope. says something about blind people in Tetuan, Morocco. <laughs> Mildred kills Yashiko before she can reveal more, and then Mildred is killed by Juan. Juan is getting to kill oh. a lot of people for a, a lot of women. Character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Yashiko just dies after being saved, and I—it's—it's it's such a creepy scene that he saves her just to hypnotize her again. And while she's in this deep hypnosis, she gets murdered. Right. Uh, and then, oh my god, Mildred, no! That was so upsetting. I didn't, like, she's wearing, first of all, the best look in the entire film. Oh. With this, like, black bob and black leather studded look. It was such a serve, and we hardly got to see it. Both of these women dying uh, in the same scene and shrugged off as nothing at all by, by the Not an iota them. of a reaction from these men. Didn't bat an eyelash. I mean, Neil Connery, okay, not an actor, so this isn't, like, a choice, I think, to not react. I think this is just not... No one told him. An unintended consequence, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Women dying is bad. Did did Sean never bring this? Oh, no. No, he wouldn't have mentioned it. Oh, no, 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 no. It runs in the family. Yeah. Maya deploys women dressed as can-can dancers to steal the (laughs) atomic nucleus. Oh, God. Alf... Alpha explains that the nucleus will power a device that emits a magnetic wave powerful enough to destroy mechanical devices across vast distances. So, so this much is, of the, that is uh, so vague. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, and uh, hardly referenced again. Um, we have to talk about the Benny Hill sketch. I honestly, <laughs> I it, both times I watched this, I forgot this was happening, and again here I'm like, you're describing it. I'm like, wait, what? Um, yeah, this is the wildest. This is maybe one of the wildest things I've seen in any film. Like Maya hiding in the desert in giant orange ostrich feathers, hiding, f- hiding, and then she has all of her girls dressed as can-can dancers, and then they strip out of those outfits to put on cat outfits, badger outfits. 
I mean, they're meant to be cats because they're going meow, 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 meow. But they look meow, like meow, meow, skunks. Right? They do look yeah. like skunks. Yeah, yeah. And then they disguise the stolen vehicle as a casino. Why? The Wild why? Pussy Club, by the way, was the name <laughs> of the casino, which, wild, absolutely. What is happening? What's the craziest ha- thing? I mean, all of this, it's just such an elaborate way to drug these mil- military policemen and steal this atomic nucleus. Uh, it, I loved it. <laughs> and honestly, like the previous scene, someone's like, stealing an atomic nucleus is very hard to do. And it's like, nope, no, it's not. Not, not apparently. <laughs> Uh, it's actually very confusing. <laughs> so much of their plan to steal the atomic nucleus was redundant. It was lit- literally window dressing. Um, they just stole it. They just stopped a car and Never stole st- the, the car. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you were escorting some precious materials and you saw this caravan of women dressed as cats in the middle of the desert, <laughs> you would be so confused and unsure of what to do they could probably like yeah murder you and steal everything it's true daniela bianchi stopping traffic does not surprise me she is so gorgeous in this film she's getting to do so much and have so much i mean i'm not gonna she's having so much fun i'm not gonna front here i loved this section of the movie I did yeah. not understand what was happening. No, no, but no, seeing no, her not at all. In the desert in an orange cancan dress while all the other girls are wearing what black cancan dresses. Like Yeah. Just it's Oh god. Wild. wild. This is the bit of the movie man. that people need to watch, even if they don't watch anything. Yeah, if if you're gonna watch one scene, I'm sure you can find this isolated. It is perfect. It is perfect <laughs> cinema. Dr. Connery travels to Morocco on the trail of Maya. Maya rescues him from assassins and invites Connery to a party at Thea's mansion. Thea sends word to Alpha that Connery is dead as part of a planned coup. Uh, we get a classic Money Penny outfit here, uh, where she's just dressed in a very long uh, blue. What would you call that? Mini dress. Uh, like a sheath with dress? a brooch. Oh, like a, sheath right. dress. Yeah, pencil pencil skirt. Sheath dress. Yeah, something like that. And we are reminded. Oh right, Connery is a lip reader uh, and can read the back <laughs> of people's heads. Yeah, Maya is wearing the the white turtleneck dress here with the gold hat and purse, right? That's the oh yes, and a, and a cowboy hat. Uh, it's a stunning combination. And gold lipstick that is accessorizing. Gold I mean, lipstick, yeah. That's she oh. looks so good in this section. Not right many there. people can pull off a gold lipstick, but no. uh, Daniela Bianchi <laughs> absolutely can. This this section felt to me very much like we were watching Never Say Never Again again. Um, oh yeah, like, this this yeah. was a uh, pause number two. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> another really long break in between scenes yeah i think we got to the part where he says what about those submarines and i said yeah what about <laughs> those submarines what are they doing here you know 100 percent. they were like well we know where there are some submarines parked we're just gonna run over there film in front of them real quick before then- anyone stops us yeah, yeah. <laughs> this this film accidentally gave the russians military secrets somehow <laughs> That is entirely possible. Um, maybe it wasn't accidental. Like, they did spend some money on parts of this movie, and I think maybe the, yeah. the KGB funded this, you know? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. At the party, Thayer tells Connery he wants to hire him to perform plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Connery learns that Thayer intends to blow up his own yacht and his girls to cover his tracks. Connery warns Maya. Uh, Thayer loves only gold. Yes, he's wearing this gaudy gold cape. (laughs) 
Uh, everyone wants to be friends with the plastic surgeon. True in life as it is in this film. That's true. This is where I noted there's no light behind Connery's eyes uh, <laughs> and wondered how he never found continued success. <laughs> uh, Why was there no O'Connor Connery 2? Never say yeah, okay, right? Connery again. Uh, uh, okay, Connery. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even okayer than the last. Oh, oh, so true. Um, Thea, Thea, who is supposed to be scheming to overthrow his own boss, gathers all the other deputies in a room and says, "Are you with me or with Alpha?" Like, Ooh. guy, this is really bad scheming. Like, this is yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna lose get yourself killed. Traitors for one hundred percent. You know, the, they're gonna the traitors out. U.S. or the traitors U.K. <laughs> either way, either way, oh, I've got okay, to say, okay. traitors U.S. There is shockingly little people saying. I'm faithful, 100%. I'm 100% faithful. So that might be why it wasn't as good, but still. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Who is it Thayer who says, you read too many novels by Fleming? It's Maya. Maya says (laughs) that. Oh, it's Maya says that. Yes. Uh, Brilliant. (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) On the nose, but we'll allow it. Connery pretends to be blind to enter Thayer's rug factory, which only employs blind workers. Connery reveals to the workers that they are working with deadly radioactive yarn, triggering Excuse a riot. <laughs> Connery is immediately captured by Thea. Uh, okay, we have a haughty henchman, an incidental haughty, <laughs> leading the blind. I'm sure you saw him too. Because Look, my it first was very note on this obvious. section the man incidental leading the blind haughty, workers uh, into the factory, incidental yeah. He was uh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. I also love the outfits. It's just like a black turtleneck with a red stripe, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. red vertical stripe. A lot of vertical stripes in the clothing in this film, I will say, and all of them great. Just letting these blind men touch radioactive materials, that's truly evil stuff and not something that we ever really see in a Bond film. I thought that was kind of a uh, fun, uh, tur- you know, turning the disabled person thing on its head a little by saying, oh, exploiting disabled people is not a good thing. Right. Yes, an act <laughs> people with evil. Sorry, people with disabilities. Yeah, imagine. Y- yeah, yeah. And it's... Yeah, there are, like, moments of, of genius, actually, in this. Like, yeah, that's, like, a really good pulpy evil villain, like, idea. The whole thing about using hypnosis to uh, conceal secrets inside a person, like, that's pretty cute. Like, that's, that's a fun yeah. B-movie plot. Like, that's very pulpy, very, like, I like it. I, I, I thought yeah. there were moments that were actually pretty good. Like, I don't know that you get away with that in a Bond movie, but maybe you could. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, some, something not as good, uh, Connery pretending to be blind, uh, very, from a, from already a great actor, it's, uh, not a shining moment, I will say. And then forgetting here, apparently, that Thayer is not blind, because he just, like, walks out of what? the building, yeah. walks, like, What is Connery's goal there. here? <laughs> like, you've met this guy before, he knows what your face You had conversations, face to face. He hired you. Did he think that if he pretended to be blind, Thayer couldn't see him? Is that is that what he thought? Uh, honestly, that's a good question. Is that what the writers thought? Now that's comedy. Um, <laughs> more white turtlenecks. So many turtlenecks. So many white turtlenecks in this film. Sixty-seven really, was uh, a big year for white turtlenecks. You know. Uh, and honestly, it, go to go to Uniqlo right now, and they are back, baby. Everyone's wearing white turtlenecks these days. <laughs> um, by the way. Does radioactive yarn look different to ordinary yarn? <laughs> yeah, why do they need to be blind to be working here? It's a very that, good question. <laughs> that's the only like little little tiny plot hole. Otherwise, this movie's perfect. But oh yeah, little, yeah, no, it holds up. Don't pull hole. that radioactive thread, Andrew. The whole movie <laughs> sorry, will fall apart. I retract. Oh, Thayer forces Connery to perform plastic surgery to turn a man into a double of Alpha. 
Maya warns the crew of the yacht about Thayer's plans, and they revolt, and Connery hypnotizes the patient to attack Thayer. A fight breaks out, but Thayer escapes. There is a line of dialogue here. Uh, I think it was uh, Adolfo Celli to Neil Connery. It's too bad you choose to play on the opposing team. Uh, uh, woof. Maybe that's the gay moment of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> it's that. There's truly one other gay moment. It makes us look evil. So let's go with yours. Uh, the dub in the the version I watched switched to Italian for a moment. Like it just, it accidentally dropped the English dub. And I was even more confused because I just thought it was part of the film. I, I <laughs> It didn't make any sense, but it made as much sense as everything had made up to that point. So I was willing to accept it. And then the English suddenly kicked back in. And I was like, oh, 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 I just missed like half a scene. That's all. Right. Oh, great. No problem. <laughs> no. And that was the start of break number three, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch poorly choreographed fight scenes of beautiful women beating oh my God. for, you know, beautiful. two, maybe three minutes. Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> like, oh, it's I, so great. And, and this is like some of the better uh, cinematography, too. They're like, it's so dumb. But the way that these guys kind of like pop their heads around corners, one of them just emerges <laughs> from below decks between one of the women's legs yes. between her thighs it it looks amazing and she beats the shit out of him it is surprisingly <laughs> feminist i don't know i loved it right yeah again the accidental feminism of sexist italian 60s movies um yeah a lot of close-up shots of the punching like they did not have the the, the, the staging uh to do anything Ugh. more elaborate than that um and then this thing where basically they leave connery alone to do the surgery no one monitoring him at all so he's like well yeah. i know hypnosis so i guess i'll just do that do my thing yeah very smart move i i, I love the idea that thea when he's being chased by the the hypnotized guy he uses guns hidden in the ceiling to oh kill my the guy. god and i'm like why loved it why did you have that what, like, were you worried about zombie attacks like what was <laughs> what was the thing why would you install that that's so it's wild also, I love that presumably this guy gets shot in the head 20 times, conservatively. Right, and, yes. And the way we know he's dead is he gives a classic, like, ah, twist of the neck as he's on the floor <laughs> to show us he's dead. He would be like a like a pool of blood, a, like just a stump of a neck left. Yeah, no, that, that, he's finished. Um, yeah. He was an innocent guy, by the way. I mean, well, maybe not probably uh, i guess he, he was uh, there <laughs> right i i do love like just after he got the plastic surgery to show that he had plastic surgery he just had thin trickles of blood running down his face like oh yeah, yeah that's how plastic surgery goes that's very very clean yeah <laughs> connery here is is telling me or like talking to Maya about like well where where would he have gone to like where did Thea go and her line of dialogue here is i really never knew that but once i heard something about a place near Munich. Munich. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that line of dialogue. I never really, I really never knew that. I never once knew I that. heard something about it. And it's like, this is amazingly bad writing. <laughs> it was written in Italian, translated to English, then translated back to Italian for some Possibly. reason. Possibly. Honestly, with all the dubbed in English. I've yeah. been doing, it's like some of the sentence structure in languages can be like this. So you never yeah. know. <laughs> Oh, thank God for these extended fight sequences, by the way. I did not need to pause this movie to take notes. I only needed to pause it to reclaim my sanity. Yeah. <laughs> At Thanatos headquarters, Alpha orders Thea to drink poison, but Thea instead kills Alpha. 
Come what in. a surprise. What right? a shock that he would choose to do that instead. <laughs> Go on. Why not just sit down and drink your water? Yeah. Connery and Maya fly to Germany on the trail of the radioactive rugs. Yes. On oh, the trail. That's the plot of point. The radioactive yeah. rugs. That really happened. Honestly, you could cut that out and put it into a Bond film, and I would not be surprised. <laughs> Oh, that's from Bond in New York, the one about the recipe, right? That's right. Yeah, that's of course. Right. The radioactive yeah. rugs. Um, <laughs> Sold at Canal Street, yeah. This scene starts off, uh, Thayer says, Water, you could have offered me a glass of champagne. Same, Thayer, same. <laughs> Anytime I walk into a room and someone offers me water, that's exactly what I say. Yeah, and also he's like he's taken an antidote about this poison, and he's like, it's invaluable when you've been bitten by a snake. And I just think, yeah, yeah you're betraying him. Like, you're, yeah, exactly. you're the snake. I mean, I get that you're all assholes, but, but you can't be all I'm, like, oh, I can't believe my boss tried to kill me when I tried to kill him. Like, no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we get a third knife gun, this entirely, like, independent of the knife gun we saw earlier. It was just a really <laughs> fun invention at the time, I guess. And this is where we find out that the the tertiary agent, Juan, has also had to cancel his honeymoon. Yes. I did forget it, that it was this guy's wedding day. Once. <laughs> he, she's surely going to leave his sorry ass. But why? Why was that in the... Why was that in the script? So strange. So many questions. Uh, the counterpoison sure looks a lot like cocaine. There's just a white powder that he dumps onto a counter, which I'm sure he sniffed up immediately the camera was off. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's how they paid him. This film was fueled by something, yeah. <laughs> Uh, as Thayer powers up the magnetic wave weapon, Connery and Maya track the radioactive signal to a castle. Connery is captured. Maya attempts to send an alert to London, but the magnetic wave kills all communication. Oh my god, plot. <laughs> yeah, for the first time in a while. Uh, my jaw, Andrew, hit the floor. Uh, uh... Thayer walks in in what can only be described... I think I think you actually have a best. What what was it? Uh, a a pleather Michael Jackson getup is essentially a hundred percent from the Thriller video. I like cackled. I mean, I was screaming. God. It's so um, it's an amazing look. Like I mean, we uh, we just Adolfo watched Chelly. Barbarella the other day, and I wrote, "Was this movie's fashion also inspired by the <laughs> ideas of Paco Rabanne?" Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, Adolfo Celli, you know, he's not, like, a trim figure of a man. Like, he's a pretty thick-set fella. Yes, and I would he say. And he is squeezed into this pleather, oh, like, zip-up. sewn into it, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's wild. I, I He is stomping that runway, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is this fabulous get-up. I, I have, like, no other notes. <laughs> Everyone else is also wearing this like special the uniform, same. and it's yeah. like, why? Why? Why do you need a special <laughs> uniform to blackmail the world? I, I mean, it's their fighting uniform. Uh, how of are course, we going to know who course. to shoot? Uh, you, you know, I love a '60s bubble copter moment. We do get a fabulous 1960s uh, helicopter. Uh, yes, <laughs> cute little thing. Very cute. And for some re reason, uh, Thayer starts the countdown at <laughs> 120, a two-minute countdown, so we can hear numbers for two whole minutes. 
120 seconds and counting. Counting. 119. 118. It starts to grate on you after about five seconds. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we get to see uh, uh, Maya throwing a javelin at a guy. That's, uh, mm. that's cute. That's very fun. Very interesting. Uh, and one of the guards comes diving down the cliff like a mountain goat and i'm like that guy was really <laughs> into his role he's like yes that was a very steep cliff and he's just like here i am <laughs> Act. um good for you cat fella you, you did great you know who was also here ms maxwell who i almost oh, yeah. forgot about right yeah <laughs> and who the movie almost forgot about and then continues to forget about because I think yes. she's like in this leading the charge and never to be seen again. Does she die in the field? I don't know. No, she does not. Okay, headcanon. She does not. Um, okay, I'll allow it. A captive Connery uses his powers of hypnosis to turn the guards against each other. Maya leads the locals in an attack on the castle using old-fashioned weapons and transport. Juan equips Connery with an anti-magnetic explosive device. The use of hypnosis takes me out every <laughs> single time. I always forget that it's coming, that it is such an important part right. of this movie for some reason. It's, I mean, it's a, again, it's a great little like bee pulp uh, uh, confection, as is this idea of they've, they've set off this anti-technology bomb. And so everyone it's an anti-magnetic use... explosive. Can I no, set no, no. the dial? Uh, sure, you can. <laughs> Connery has the anti-magnetic explosive to defeat the bomb that, that oh, kills right. all the technology. Yes. Um, and so that that's why everyone is using horses and arrows and stuff. And it's like, okay, this is a cute idea. Like, it's a bit yeah. like Village of the Crazies and Jim Carter, but that's that's a cinematic uh, classic. So, yeah, I'm into that. But yes, Connery's device that he's given is basically an anti, anti-bad anti thing device. Like, uh, Yes, a MacGuffin, yeah. if you will. <laughs> Uh, I did not expect archery to come back into this movie in such a big way. <laughs> There's some real, like, fundamentals of screenwriting stuff going on here. They're like, well, like they set that up yeah. in the first act, and it really paid off. Archery, I, I was, I was hypnosis. It was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, they uh, saved a cat. I'm, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, well, they had the meow, yeah. meow, meow girls. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they did. They literally did. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Thayer corners Connery in the lab. They fight and shoot arrows at each other, and Connery kills Thayer. The heroes flee, and the lab blows up. Some quality Adolfo Celli pleather moose knuckle here. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Adolfo's bow and arrow. <laughs> uh, a classic high noon shoot showdown in a cave under Munich with arrows. Um, yeah! Honestly, uh, they ran out of money for the sets at this point. <laughs> really, I mean, and and the fight scenes continue to be exhaustingly intimate. Like every oh punch my God. is thrown in close up. It's so weird. I've never seen a big explosion in such a tight close up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the money was gone. Um, Thea doesn't even try to remove the bomb that Connery planted. It's all just yeah. You know what? We've reached the end of the movie. We have to we have to tidy things up. We have to guys. We only have the room for another half hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta end this. We wrap it up, wrap it up, <laughs> and end this. We do. Um, yes. Cunningham co congratulates Connery on his success and offers him further assignments. Connery uses hypnosis to dismiss Cunningham. Connery and Maya, Maya set off in the yacht with Thayer's crew. Doctor Neil Connery will not return. <laughs> <laughs> what? happened to ms maxwell is my only other note about this film <laughs> like just disappears couldn't even bring her in for this last scene they right. they obviously they they just ran out of money like we've said they they couldn't bring anyone back 
They had it. They had it written. That was it. They had it for three days. Um, they got as much. They out made of the use of that three days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what a treat slash threat that what? movie was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I loved the experience, but I also hated the experience. <laughs> well, let's go through our highlights and lowlights and see if that uh, shines any light on the uh, the question. Yes. <laughs> uh, what was the highlight for you, Andrew? I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot. I think Lois Maxwell gets paid and does stuff. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's so cool to see her uh, in an action role. It, you know, famous for being in an action movie and never getting to do a goddamn thing. Right. Uh, I said we get to see lots of beautiful women wearing lots of beautiful things. That was actually yeah. really fun. It's it's a it's a fashion movie. Like it's kind of it is. Um, for yeah. my low light, Neil Connery gets paid and does stuff. Oh, um, yeah, he certainly, <laughs> he showed up all right. He collected he that money. Up. He showed up. Not not for the dub. The the low light for me, hypnosis. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's such, I, I get that it's an interesting choice, but it is not a choice I enjoyed. <laughs> okay, let's get into maybe the biggest uh, topic that we have to discuss here. Oh my the god. fashion highlights. Shane, what is it for you? How do you even narrow it down? I just started <laughs> listing things that I loved. Uh, Mildred's leather look, Adolfo's leather look, uh, sailor suits, vertic- vertical striped crop tops, uh, sweaters with vertical stripes, sweaters with berets, t- white turtlenecks. I don't know. What What else, Andrew? What else Honestly, there's so much love. Yeah, Mildred's studded black dress is definitely up there. Um, the can-can outfits that turn into cat outfits oh. have to get a mention. Um, um, a ha- yeah, a high nod. <laughs> but for Maya, it was the white dress with gold accessories and gold mm. lipstick. Um, yeah. I thought that was sublime. Some yeah, great, great, great looks in this movie. Uh, now something less, uh, less fun. <laughs> the queerest moment of this film. Yeah, um, we we have the same uh, answer here. Lottie Crayendorf. Um, yeah, groping that poor Miss Yachiko. Like, love the character. Love the the like the idea. Know, butch yeah. assassin ladies always uh, my groove. Um, but the the having just them, to, like the predator part yeah, of being a queer person. Not fun. Yeah, something we're still fighting to this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, some there's a lot of sexy moments in this film. <laughs> it's, uh, it's what the movie's made for, essentially. Yeah, and I mean, it has to be the can-can cat fight for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's, I mean, I can see, you know, we're saying, like, what is this, why is this here? But we know why this is here. It's so that they could put these women in can-can outfits, you know? And yeah. Fine, you know? <laughs> Straight men's libidos... Yeah, they need to be pandered to. Um, our libidos don't get pandered to quite as much, but I did think the the big fellas in tight sweaters, that mm. was a great incidental sexy moment for me. Yes, I will agree. Uh, best line or gag in this quote-unquote comedy film? <laughs> I, yeah, it's not a, a great dialogue movie, it has to be said. So I gave this to Maya and you read too many novels by Fleming. She nailed it. You know, she yeah. got him. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm just going to give a shout out to clumsy Mildred being clumsy <laughs> in three different scenes, back to back to back. In three different outfits as well. I in mean, three fabulous outfits. Uh, most timeless or relevant moment for you? Uh, women can actually do anything. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> 
take a memo, uh, world. Um, yeah. <laughs> for me, sweatshops might as well be using radioactive yarn. I mean... Yeah. I mean, what was the difference, really? <laughs> Honestly. Still working them to death. Uh, wow. God. <laughs> the more things change, huh? Uh, and the cringiest moment uh, for you, Andrew... Well, <laughs> so this is this is a technicality, I guess. Somehow, this schlock exploitation movie feels less sexist than the movies yeah. it's satirizing, and that's kind of that's a cringe for me. Uh, oh, what did you? Yeah, what, that's what did, humiliating. <laughs> I, I wrote almost the same thing. Uh, I said Lois Maxwell makes a great action star, and somehow that never came up across what like fifteen <laughs> fucking films. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ultimately, this movie shames the Bond franchise. Yeah, that is a big cringe. I will say, talking about the movie itself, two women get murdered in the span of one minute, and not yeah. one person bats an eye. Uh, that's oh, pretty cringy, too. <laughs> now, it is time for our ratings. Uh, we're each going to give the movie a score between one and three, and then we award bonus points from four <laughs> categories. Uh, it always seems ridiculous at this point. Bond, song, glamour, and queerness. The maximum score available is, of course, double oh zero zero seven. Uh, we'll start with our base scores. Andrew, could this be a seven points out of seven? Because maybe there's a bond in it. Um, oh. My base score. I mean, there's that part of me that's like, I kind of want to give it a two, just out of like acknowledgement of the fun I had watching it. But that's mm. that's generous like it, it yeah is that's a one it's, too many yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's a one out of three like it's a bad bad movie that i enjoyed what about you i have to agree i i also kind of was leaning towards two but in the end i mean <laughs> neil connery really reminds you that this movie is about him in a bad way so th it's a one <laughs> Uh, speaking of Neil Connery, do we, does this movie get a Bond point? Is James Bond in this movie? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> to put it politely, James Bond he's is mentioned. not... Um, he's alluded to. Well, he's alluded to. Uh, and certainly a lot of the characters from the Bond universe are in this mm -hmm. film or alluded to. No, Andrew, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No? Okay. All right. I'll, 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 I'll go with you. No Bond point for this one. There is a song, though. And song... you know what? The song gets the point from me. The song lives up to the tone of the film. The music in the film lives up to the tone of the film. Uh, it's a, I think it's a really fun score. I think the song is stupid and fun. Uh, I, I will give it. Uh, maybe this is a makeup point, but it's getting it from me. You're right. The score is. The score has some stuff to recommend. The, the song is fun. I, I don't think I'm going to be good. listening to it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with zero for the song, but I understand. I understand. And I have to maintain my, my standard of always being meaner than you when it comes to scoring. You're right, right. Oh, I thought you were just going to stand up for your artistic integrity over mine. I, I don't have uh, oh, integrity no. to begin no, no. with, so... Uh, <laughs> have so, you listened to the podcast, Tamar? Uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to the glamour point, which there. this is a no-brainer. This is where we should be giving it extra points, if it were possible. If it uh, were this possible. would be a three points if it were out of three, but it gets it's, one. Uh, it's such a glamorous movie. Like, yeah, the, the looks are amazing. Like, you can tell that this is, like... We are we are in peak like Barbarella era here. There mm. are some gorgeous outfits, some really original and inventive outfits. Some outfits that definitely feel like 
they could never you could never wear that in real life but you can wear them in a bond pastiche and, and because it's off. like a french italian co-production it's filmed mm-hmm. on the mediterranean coast so everything feels glamorous and maritime and yeah yes. it, it, it's a beautiful looking movie even though the transfer wasn't great from uh the quality that i saw right we should acknowledge we watched this movie on youtube i don't know that it's available to stream like in any ethical legal way. oh gee like, why is, is there some reason why anyone would want to bury this <laughs> I, I the blu-ray is not available i looked and it just wasn't there <laughs> and i think we can just skip over this last question there's no queerness <laughs> in this movie worth talking about i'm not going to be giving it a queer point no it does not get the queer point uh so 2.5 out of 7 which i mean they're generous we've seen worse, we've seen worse. yes <laughs> Again, I thought this was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it, but it did take me a full day to watch (laughs) the entire thing. So be warned. Watch a best of. Go watch the cat can-can scene. That is really worth the price of admission. There, yes, this is available to watch on YouTube. There are also some some videos of people like reviewing this movie on YouTube, which I haven't watched, but I might now watch. Uh, I, I, I did watch one, and I found it helpful. to, uh, Or at least <laughs> it was gratifying that I wasn't the only one who was like, huh? <laughs> and also, oh! <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe maybe go watch uh, some parts of I don't this know. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be heavy-handed on that fast-forward button. Right, yeah. It is it is a curio, for sure. Next time on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, our Thunderball era reaches its zenith as we finally cover the ninth Bond novel. Time will tell, and so will we, if this novel holds up as well as the film did in our eyes. You can follow Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on Twitter and Instagram at KKBBPod or send us okay messages at kisskissbangbangpod at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter accounts at Wheeler and at Shane Came Back. And please do like, rate and review Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on your preferred podcasting and social media platforms. Our graphics are provided by the poorly dubbed Carl Shura. And you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at C-A-R-L-S-H-U-R-A. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is recorded in Toronto on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. We acknowledge that we are settlers on unceded territory. We love to end every episode with a great piece of Bond-related music, even if it's not the greatest Bond-related film. Shane, (laughs) what have you got for us this time? I mean, Andrew, nothing can be more appropriate than pairing this movie about a film star's less famous sibling with a song by the world's greatest singer's lesser-known sibling. I am, of course, talking of Beyoncé Knowles' truly talented but far less celebrated sister Solange. Famous for the Jay-Z elevator slap seen round the world, Solange (laughs) has had a number of hits over a 20-year career and has recorded with some of the best in hip-hop, soul, and R&B. For example, Kendrick Lamar, B.B. King, Janelle Monae, and Lil Wayne. Awesome, awesome resume. And here we can hear her lamenting falling for a fuckboy so relatable in the funky and upbeat Tony, T-O-N-Y. What do you think, Andrew? It's a bop. It's a bop. I'm going to need to, to sit down and give this a proper listen because I don't know this song. I don't know a lot of Solange, to be honest. 
comparing her to Neil Connery is a uh, is a cruel. Uh, that's that's unfair <laughs> to Solange to be like. I, I, okay, I looked at a list of like pe- famous singers with siblings, <laughs> and I, I was like, "Ew, no, ew, no," because I couldn't do that to our audience. Uh, and then when I came across the launch, I was like, "Oh my god, of course! It's this is actually the most perfect thing I think." <laughs> for famous, less famous than Also, there is a Bond girl called Solange, so... Yeah. Yes! Oh, double meaning. It all comes around. Thank you for listening. And until next time... Kiss, kiss. Bang, bang. I reacted. Hence a day's even more attractive. But I really miss Tom.